It's time for the Victory of the Light Radio Show with Rob Potter. You can live 2,000 years, still must lead them past their fears. All grows in time beyond faith and reason. Would you hide behind the glass till we free our souls at last? There's only dust between you and your man treason For the end is always near Even best friends disappear Changes surely come to be clear Who will you nail to your cross? Who will you blame for your loss? Life's freedom of choice Between love and fear Your host, Rob Potter. Hello, folks. This is Rob Potter, your host at the Victor of Light radio show on bbsradio.com. I'd like to thank Don and Doug for their kind and loving support of my show. I'd also like to thank Chris Spell, my sound editor. And um, I'd like you all to, if you'd like to, go to my website. And I keep saying this, folks, but I'm really hoping that I'm going to have the website up and running at a functioning level with uh, some major changes, but finances and time constraints just don't seem to make it happen. So hang in there. Please do sign up for my uh, free newsletter that's coming out, and my blog's going to we'll get a, a huge tidal wave of information coming up. And of course, uh, I am appearing at the Portal to Ascension Conference in Irvine. Uh, the 4th to the 6th of October. And for those of you Spanish-speaking people or people who are interested, uh, I may be appearing in Los Angeles, uh, hopefully before the New Year's, to a Spanish-speaking group where I'll be talking about many amazing and wonderful things, including um, my trip to South America, where I'm headed off next week or actually yeah, next Monday, I actually fly out down to Peru and Bolivia. I'll be gone for 20 days, and then down to Irvine, California. I will be at the Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles in February. So keep an eye out for that. That brings us uh, to my next guest. And, of course, uh, <laughs> this radio show is pretty much all Venus all the time. And I'm happy to have again on my amazing friend, Dr. Raymond Andrew Keller. And these interviews are going to be in a, I guess we'll call them in a, a written format at some point. But in the meantime, I just enjoy these shows. And so, Raymond, I'm happy to have you on the air today. How's it going? Oh, fine, Rob. I just got back from uh, Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania at the uh, Synergy Spring Soul Center. Uh, it was great. It was uh, this past Saturday uh, from 10 o'clock until noon and uh, made a lot of new friends out there and uh, uh, introduced some uh, uh, some new bumper stickers and uh, all kind of, uh, of Venus stuff. So it was really, really great. Well, let's see. Uh, let's go ahead and get our little, uh, uh, so people can, if you want to meet Raymond, folks, it's always wonderful, of course, on the bbsradio.com. Please go to the Raymond page that is uh, with each interview I have with him, and you can see his email address to buy his books, the Venus Rising Trilogy, uh, with Venus Rising, Rockets to Venus, and, of course, Cosmic Ray's Excellent Adventure, and soon to have a fourth book. Buy them directly from him if possible. If you need to, you can get it on Amazon or on Kindle. Raymond, where are you showing up next? Okay, uh, this coming weekend on September uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I'll be in Kingwood, uh, West Virginia, for the Country Roads Festival, uh, West Virginia Outdoor Adventures. And there'll be some people there from the Travel Channel. 
with the uh, a special Bigfoot program. Um, I don't have anything to do with the Bigfoot, but uh, let's talk about Annabelle. Yes, Robin. Don't you think it's kind of weird that people think this way uh, in in high places and can block this because uh, when we have um, when we have visitors coming to our world they don't think that they'll ever get out of the spaceship and walk around and talk to anybody exactly well obviously they're very very careful we've discussed this before but I mean nothing's changed Howard Menger and Adamski and pretty much everyone else had the same story and of course the Venusians are very very patient in allowing um, you know us to continue in our ignorance and uh, I guess I'm just kind of resigned that it's going to happen eventually at the right time uh, probably maybe not in my lifetime or yours I don't know <laughs> well they're definitely uh, they're definitely working behind the scenes and employing various uh, technologies to kind of help nudge us along the way to uh, further the consciousness of our our planet and um, the late Otto Binder, um, who worked very closely with Ray Palmer in his publications, uh, uh, Flying Saucers and Space Magazine and so forth, as, as well as the world of science fiction and comic books. He did a lot of research into the case of Ted Owens, the uh, psychokinetic man. And uh, Ted Owens, uh, of course, explained how how uh, the uh, uh, the saucer intelligences, as, as he called them, uh, were uh, affecting uh, subtly affecting uh, mass media. Uh, for our for our generation, uh, uh, raised and growing up in the fifties and sixties, uh, we were exposed to the the concept that uh, life can exist on other planets and then of course uh, grew up with programs like uh, the Twilight Zone the Outer Limits and uh, and Star Trek with uh, Gene Roddenberry's infinite diversity and infinite combinations so we kind of got used to the idea that we can expect intelligent life on other planets and that it, it doesn't have to be uh, uh, monstrous and devastating to um, to our way of life that we can welcome brothers and sisters uh, from other planets and and even join them in a united federation of planets in a in a galactic community yeah you know I'm looking at your article here and um, there's uh, a part where uh, your aunt Dolly had taken you to Gabriel Green's um, um, lecture in Los Angeles, and there was, uh, I guess it is uh, Calvin C. Gervin, who's of Hollywood there, and Lady Columba, who we now know is, or who was Annabelle Krebs, and who we now know as... Um, we call her Lady Columba. She took this name after her ascension. So yeah. you were actually a young boy when uh, you met her there. Can you tell us how, uh, um, I mean, uh, this is just pretty amazing stuff. Uh, so oh, yes, it was, uh, it was actually uh, a convention in Reno, uh, in Reno, Nevada, and uh, one of the presentations there, uh, which uh, uh, Mr. Gerben did, was on the moon. And uh, but it turned out that um, that Lady Columba answered most of the the, the, the questions. She didn't want to be presumptuous, but uh, but people wanted to uh, uh, wanted to know, and she seemed to have uh, uh, she seemed to have all the answers on that and uh, uh, in, in the book that I'm uh, that I'm working on now without saying too too much about it uh, mm -hmm. um, 
uh, people will know uh, her, her whole story and the connection to the moon when when it comes out. Uh huh. Well, um, uh, how old was she about that time? Um, let's see. She was born in 1902, and I think that was in. Uh, so she was 64. She's a little older than me. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, um, she had already. She had, wasn't really announced that she was a contactee at that time, but she had already. No, uh, she, right. She was working behind the scenes. Um, she was doing a lot of uh, artwork and paintings, um, uh, but many with a extraterrestrial motif and she did um she did a lot of writing but she didn't um uh, uh she didn't publish it but she was a secretary for uh truman betherum as well as um uh in her later life she moved out to, to be uh in missouri for a while with um uh with uh, uh buck nelson he was uh a lesser-known contactee of the time, but he had he he had been to Venus. He had a dog um, that was uh, uh, from Venus as well. The dog was born on Venus. Uh, the dog was born on Venus. And they let they let him take it back. <laughs> yeah, they let him take it back because it's not too different from a, a from from a human dog. And um, I I have a few snips of uh, uh, of the dog's hair <laughs> in my in my Venus collection. Wow, that's pretty wild stuff. So um, he, he used to have these spacecraft conventions that were uh, uh, in the backwoods in Missouri, and I think he held one up in uh, uh, one up in in Michigan as well. Yes, I. I I have have seen that. That's kind of um, uh, documented in the book that uh, you gave to me about um, Bob Renaud's information as well. So I, I wanted to go back to Lady Columba. So she was actually a contactee, was having regular visits to Venus uh, at that time? Uh, yes, she, um, yes, she was. And... Um and uh, to other planets in the solar system, she took a tour. Uh, she took a tour of the the solar system, and uh, was um, um, shown many wonderful things. And uh, and, uh, and she had some experiences that were very similar to uh, the Mitchell sisters uh, that I've published some articles about. Uh, I think you have it on your website too, about the Mitchell sisters meet the space people. Yeah, I, I that's coming up. I'm going to be consolidating that in a page here when my website gets together. You know, um, but I'm going to talk. Go back to this lecture here. Reading your article here, um, and Calvin German was going to ask some questions and. Uh, some of the women there had asked uh, a question of her, and she asked uh, uh, Calvin if it was okay if she answered, and he said yes. And uh, she had mentioned that um, if we tune into the, the higher frequencies, we can uh, uh, communicate. She said, thoughts are the greatest power in the universe. They can bridge any distance instantly. And... She said that the whole universe and all the creatures within it are just divine thought projected into the matter of various densities by our infinite creator, the only one, the all-person and ever-present. She said just as many uh, uh, channels on the TV and on the radio, so thought waves have uh, two Hello folks, Rob Potter here at The Promise Revealed on the Victor of Light radio show. Wanted to remind you all, my website, thepromiserevealed.com, has a free membership. And if you sign up there, we'll keep you appraised. We've got some great new newsletters coming out. I have some stuff, something called Castle Talks and Mountain Talks I hope to be releasing in the late fall. Also, please check out my Facebook page. It's the Robert Potter Public page.
My personal page is full, so I want to thank you for that. Be sure to check out the amazing things on my website, the Blood Purifier, the Promised Light Watch. We've got the Pyramid System with the Tesla Coils, Ion Showers, Lasers, and wonderful stuff. I will also be appearing in Los Angeles at the Conscious Life Expo in booth 204 this coming February. So enjoy, check it out, and now back to our show. If we can tune into the higher frequencies which the inhabitants of some other planets vibrate on, we can exchange thoughts with them. This can be done as easily with one another here. Another woman said, where do these telepathic aliens come from? And she replied, there are SIs of some kind on every planet in the solar system and many of their attendant moons. Fewer are coming in from outside the solar system, but they are telepathic too. But the ones that are most familiar to us, the ones that can contact us telepathically, are from the neighboring planets of Mars and Venus. As Brother Calvin just told us, the moon is being used as a way station by all of those extraterrestrials that have learned space travel. From the moon, they keep watch over this warlike Earth. Their lunar habitations are built largely underground, and they are so constructed on Mars and Venus. They contain all of life's necessities, scientifically provided, of course. To many, astronomers have witnessed strange lights moving around on the moon, and when our astronauts and cosmonauts get up there, hopefully they'll come back to Earth and tell us the truth about flying saucers. So she, she it sounds like she kind of took over the lecture. What, what, do you, what else do you remember from that talk that she gave? Uh, well, um, I do remember that... Uh, um, uh, she was um, very friendly, and she was um, just very concerned that she didn't um, uh, uh, usurp uh, Mr. Gervin's time. Okay. Um, can you tell me um, when she – did you meet her before she beamed down in her ascended form in 2017? Uh, I guess it was uh, – 19 years after she ascended at the age of uh, 96? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Well, she uh, she had been, uh, she lived into the 1990s. I think she lived up to 1998. She was born uh, in 1902, so that made her 96 when she right, right. Uh, translated uh, to the moon, which we've talked about before, but uh, had you met her um, before you saw her uh, when she was in her uh, ascended, uh, or I guess we call it a young earth form, after she had translated? No, only that, only that meeting, uh, only that meeting in Nevada. So, uh, did you, was it able to recognize her? Because she looks like she's like 23 right now or something, but... Uh, oh yeah, I had uh, no idea until um, uh, until she informed me who who she was. She said, "Oh, I, I saw you as a young boy when you were with your aunt Dolly." And she, uh, well, she didn't want, uh, of course, uh, uh, she didn't have her her picture taken very much. There's a few pictures of her uh, uh, her out there. Uh, in la in later life, and uh, uh, she does have an ex uh, exhibit that's still on display at uh, the University of Arizona at Tucson, and uh, so you could see similarities there with the the younger uh, rejuvenated version of of her versus her older pictures. You could see it's the same individual. Well, it's interesting because. Um... Um, she was known as Annabelle Krebs, but in your little article here, um, are UFOsologists asking the right questions? Gabriel says, um, uh, you, thank you for expressing your ageist wisdom. And she says, you're quite welcome. And then he's, he called her, well, Sister Columba. Um, did she have that name at that time or... Um, yes, she did. Um, she took that name in the 1950s. 
uh, in the early 1950s. Okay. Um, uh, following following her experiences um, and her her contacts with uh, with with extraterrestrials in the uh, uh, and uh, that's explained in the the document that uh, that I showed you. Uh, yeah, that one I saw. That's not been released yet, right? Right. That none of that has been none of that has been released yet. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, everybody's going to be in for a big surprise. <laughs> yeah, this is a, an amazing uh, surprise. Uh, a book finished up, uh, half written while living on Earth and half written while ascended uh, on Venus. So I'm going to finish up here. Um, uh, Gabe says, well, Sister Columbus, is there anything else we should know before we close here? And go on to the next presentation. She said, I'll make this brief. She said, one day world peace will be assured on this troubled earth. We must never forget that our space friends can read our minds at all times. Whether by their developed psychic senses or by advanced technology, it matters not. When that day of peace finally arrives... We Earthlings will begin the next phase of our celestial education, learning how to commune with our space brothers and sisters on the same basis of understanding and friendship from which they operate. Then and only then will we be invited to join the Federation of Light. Then we can exchange visits with them. But how can the space people expect even tolerance from us if we still do not have tolerance for each other's differences in any way. Only when we have learned how to get along with each other in real mutual understanding and, and kindly cooperation can the glorious new space age appear. Yes, with all of its wonders, may God speed that time. She was pretty, uh, pretty in tune sister, huh? Oh, oh yes, and this was in the uh, this was in the mid '60s, and of course the civil rights struggle was still uh, was still going on, and in a uh, in a sense it still is because uh, you know when we look around today we see uh, uh, so much um, turmoil and and uh, misunderstanding in the uh, in the country and in the world at large. Well, um, it, it definitely is something that we all need to just uh, kind of encourage to take place, uh, a more peaceful attitude, more tolerance, and uh, without judgment. Uh, Omnek says, uh, she, with all of her experiences, she has um, learned not to judge, and it's kind of ironic because the woman who says she's from Phoenix gets judged a lot, huh? <laughs> oh yes, uh, this is a uh, uh, this is this is very unique because uh, uh, most of the uh, contactees are not very judge judgmental. They try to be as understanding as possible and as forgiving as possible, uh, but unfortunately. Uh, the public at large and uh, the powers that be uh, uh, don't afford them uh, equal uh, rights. Yeah, we definitely lived on a judgmental planet and, you know, you've been helping me with that and it's very difficult uh, for us down here. We seem to be triggered. I want to talk about uh, something uh, that I've been researching and Omnic Omnic gave a talk recently on another show and you know she had mentioned that you know she was 340 years uh, when she was born on earth looking like a seven-year-old girl because she was coming from the higher astral plane of Venus so the way that she was able to look like the girl whose place she was taking on the earth uh, was that when the mother, um, when she was being born and during the gestation, she said she would soul travel to be around the mother 
and her, uh, the girl whose place she was going to take, um, when she was going to die on a bus journey. And she said that because she's retained her memories, um, she has a, a unique knowledge and understanding of, uh, the various, um, interdimensional and vibrational uh, experiences that lay ahead for man and for us to understand who we are. But she said, and I read this also in Michael Barton's book, where he talks about meeting Lanzora and Shalana in his first contact, that they mentioned that uh, the human mind is limited by its five senses, and thus it cannot contact its soul and remember the other dimensional aspects of its previous incarnations. So I'd like to speak to you uh, about this, because you were fortunate to go and have a physical experience, and you were able to remember uh, some of these things on Venus. Can you talk about this limitation that many of us have here on Earth that we cannot remember our true heritage and and how that has been for you and how you've circumvented it? Okay, well, e each of us is going through a series of incarnations. We're here as a school. And um, in order to get to the next um, uh, grade level, we have to uh, obtain to certain lessons and uh, to progress uh, uh, in in that manner. Like going from, you know, like going from second to third grade. It usually takes about uh, about a dozen or so incarnations to get to the next uh, uh, to the next planetary. Uh, the next planetary level. Uh, but all along the way, as we progress along, hopefully we're accessing, uh, we're, we're beginning to learn to develop the powers that are latent with, within us. In fact, this is one of the objects of the Theosophical Society, is to help people do just that. Uh, as, you, as you know that there are other other powers that we're capable of doing, but we we just haven't exercised our abilities uh, uh, to to such an extent that we can uh, that we can use these powers: uh, telekinesis, mental telepathy, um, even um, even such uh, uh, far-fetched things as. Uh, uh, teleportation uh, these are all possible uh, uh, along the way in, in human and cosmic evolution in the process uh, so as the as uh, many of the advanced extraterrestrials are today uh, 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 we can become like them and and uh, there once was a time millions of years ago when they were uh, in the same situation as as we are today, so they had to learn and and develop these things, and so do we. Well, it, I mean, you know, you say a couple millions of years ago, but I don't know. I mean, the historical timeline these are is very difficult to kind of uh, figure out, of course, and you know, we can't possibly know all the the various things that took place, but Omnek said that we need to get in contact with our guides and to contact our soul, and it is through this process that we can break the veil. Um, can you uh, help me and, and other people to understand how we can contact our guides and to connect with our soul? Uh, yes, well, man, many have this experience through near death. Uh, as for uh, as for me, I had an operation, an open heart surgery, 
and uh, it was at the Pittsburgh uh, VA hospital, and uh, uh, that's when I had my uh, out-of-body experience and was uh, in contact with a with a higher self. Right. We, we I think we talked about that. That's your oversoul. But yes. Um, you know. Uh, by the way, folks, we're not advocating that you try to <laughs> have yeah, a near-death experience. Uh, but um, you know, this is this is one way in in answer to your question that many people begin yeah. this uh, journey, and, and and for many people that might be uh, uh, their their initial experience of uh, uh, of a high metaphysical order. Can you give us lay people a more conscious way? Um, were you contacting your your soul? Um, did you develop uh, some of uh, I don't know some some soul contact experiences prior to your trip to Venus? Um, yes, I've had some experiences out at the uh, at the uh, Anasazi ruins in New Mexico. I used to take people on trips out there uh, for sky watches and uh, out in California we uh, took uh, people to uh, uh, excursions up to Mount Shasta and to uh, different places in, uh, in in California as well out like it up in the mountains above Knights Ferry and and places like that. Yeah, where, I'd like to hear a little more. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about how, I mean, were you consciously trying to contact your soul or this just naturally occurred in that location? Uh, no, we were um, uh, we were going to many of these places for the purpose of, uh, of, uh, uh, of contacting uh, extraterrestrials, but... Uh, uh, it involved uh, uh, going deeper into um, uh, uh, into ourselves, and as as well as meeting, uh, encountering uh, a higher self as well. I think this is really important because I've just finished up some experiences here with Louie, and that's really when we have these program contacts with Louie and in these spiritual gatherings that I do, it, it is about connecting to your, your higher self and your consciousness shifts. Yes, there's people on stage talking and you're doing exercises, but really a lot of these meetings is an internal process whereby the extraterrestrials irradiate their presence and overshadow and help as much as possible for individuals to raise their vibrations, I, I guess we could call it. Um, and you and and you do have a higher self uh, that's uh, re- resonating in uh, uh, in alternate dimensions and uh, even on other spheres of planets. And uh, that's one good way of getting in tune with them. When you go on those excursions, like to Bolivia. Um, that's the perfect time uh, when you're away from all the all the lights and noise of the uh, of the city, and you're thinking about celestial things that uh, that you're going to have some type of an experience. Hey, folks! I want to let you know next year, August 26th through the 30th, in Mount Shasta, California, at Stewart Mineral Springs. I will be having a very special conference. This will be a five-day conference. This conference is going to be much slower, much more detailed, and a lot more information from my selected guests. Right now, we have confirmed Luis Mostojo Martens, Laura Eisenhower, myself, Raymond Keller, and Frank Chile. We may be having Omnek Omnek, we're not sure yet, but this will be at Stewart Mineral Springs. We'll be taking night skywatch excursions to the mountain. We'll also be taking trips to the lake, and we'll be doing some 
on-site meditations and some processes to bring in the light. And as usual, we will have wonderful messages from the Masters of Wisdom. So keep an eye out on that on my website. We'll probably be launching that in December. But plan on coming to that one, folks. It's going to be great. Now back to our show. Um, yeah, well, um, have you met my uh, my higher self? What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't met your higher self but uh, yet, although I've seen uh, manifestations of, of your higher self at times. You have? Well, you know, metaphorically speaking. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, whenever... Whenever you are, um, you know, working in the light and uh, and uh, helping people and uh, and uh, talking about certain things, you know, then uh, your higher self is definitely coming through. Well, that's uh, good news. I like to think that my higher self is coming through. But, folks, uh, um, I'm definitely... A human, and I'm doing my best uh, I possibly can to try and, uh, you know, make soul contact, and that's what I'm feeling is very important these days. Um, to um, to develop myself, um, I'm, I'm becoming more and more disillusioned with my website and the stress of of uh, putting out information and writing articles and stuff. Raymond, you do it so naturally. You're a great inspiration for me. So I'm trying to get a series of uh, talks down to make things more interesting. But uh, it's about soul contact for sure, isn't it? Yes, uh, it, it is. And thank you for your kind words, Rob. I appreciate that. We're we're just out, out here. I look at it that we're out, out here planting seeds. Uh in the in the soil of consciousness, and the, and they're going to uh, uh, to spring up into a, a higher thought and a evolution of that consciousness. Yeah, well, that's definitely where we're going. I mean, of course, my um, I, I guess I I don't know what my lower mind personality vehicle is is so struggling to, and is, has a great passion to connect to my uh, spirit soul, and um, I need to focus more on myself, I think. But, and that's probably true of many people, instead of always pretending to be the expert on everything, which we know we're not. Some people claim to be, but... Um, it's a, it's definitely a process. I wanted to, I'm going to kind of go off subject here. Um, I just want a little clarity, folks. Uh, we're going to skip to your time in Wuxi, China, before you were actually invited to the Ascension Party on December 20th, 2012, by the eminently to be named Queen of Venus, uh, Lady Orta, who you met through Gabriel Green our mutual friend in Yucca Valley there. And yes. you said you were at the B bar. And then I was reading in the book, you said you had met her at club Venus. Was it a club and the bar was called the B bar? Or what was it? Oh no, it was, uh, it was just called, uh, club Venus. Oh, oh for some reason. I thought... uh, but that, oh, well that's because the, the book, um, you know, the book has so much to deal with uh, with the presence of bees and the influence of the the, the bee collective on the, the Norkins and Venusian society. That uh, it it's just a natural uh, spillover assumption. Uh -huh. But but yeah, it's just the club Venus. That's all. Uh huh. Well, um, yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of my little minutia wanting to uh, see what it was about. But um, so, uh, well, I guess we're 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 talking about 
uh, going back to the main conversation, we're talking about. Oh, oh yes, in, in answer to that question about uh, besides the uh, uh, astral travel or a near-death experience, uh, one of the uh, um, one of the ways uh, to acquire uh, extrasensory abilities is to. Um, uh, I know it sounds kind of trite, but you could. Um, you could. Uh, what, what I did was, uh, whenever I wanted to um, uh, know something, I just read everything I could get my hands on about it, and I uh, just keep reading and reading and keeping a journal every day, and writing down, uh, uh, you know, what I'm studying, and uh, and uh, sooner or later. It, what, when you're in the process of doing that, what will happen is you'll experience like a flash of illumination or a, what some call an, uh, an epiphany, and uh, you'll just know. You'll know for an assurity. You'll know for a fact. Um, whatever it is that, that, you, that you were seeking, it's very hard to explain, but you'll just... Uh, you'll just uh, step up into a higher plane of consciousness is the best way to put it. Is uh, uh, suddenly, suddenly you move from point A to point uh, to point G uh, instantaneously. Yeah, so it's but just like, it's just like walking in uh, walking on air. I mean, it's. Uh, I can't even explain it, uh, but you have to dedicate yourself to um, to to uh, to wanting to know and to take the steps to uh, uh, to to read and to seriously study that and uh, pray and meditate and ponder and do whatever you can uh, to further advance your knowledge in in that particular area that you're seeking, and it'll just happen. And then after that happens, then all of a sudden uh, daily life will change, and um, it's like uh, the whole universe just um, uh, opens up to uh, an instantaneous acquisition of uh, knowledge and power. So... um when did that happen to you? Did that happen when you actually went to Venus, or uh, this actually um, the the first time it uh, uh, it, it happened was um, when I went to go uh, live in Africa. I was a itinerant teacher in West Africa, living in Ghana. But before I left, I was in California, and um, I had some some friends from, from Ghana, and they said, uh, uh, if I'd like to go uh, stay with their relatives in Africa, and I, so um, I said, yeah, I think I would. Um, I'd really like that, because I had just come back from Australia, and I really enjoyed uh, living and getting the experience in other countries, so I said, yeah, I would really like to do that. And I just started um, uh, reading every single book I could about about Africa, and um, I got past like my 200th book that I logged in my in my journal, and um, uh, then uh, all the time I was saving money, I got a part-time job uh, delivering pizzas. Uh, and I was uh, living in Ceres, California at the time uh, and teaching in Hillmar in the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, uh, all of a sudden I had enough money uh, for the plane ticket and the visa and everything to, uh, to Ghana. But, uh, uh, and, uh, but before I left, you know, I read my like my 200th book, 
and then uh, all of a sudden I had like a brain flash and uh, um, I just knew exactly what I was going to do and I didn't have any fears about going there. I showed up at the airport in Accra with $200 and then I went to the people's house, uh, the relatives of this of this family and um, it turns out that they had to leave the country and so I was stuck there in, in, uh, uh, in Africa <laughs> with $200. But I wasn't afraid or anything because I had this experience. And uh, then uh, these people, um, uh, I met these people that were, um, uh, uh, the, the, uh, a family, and um, they were related to the, this other family. And uh, but they they took me in, and their son um, Kofi. Um, when I uh, I worked there for about two years, they ran a little school, and uh, so I helped with that. And their son Kofi uh, drove me all around West Africa. We went to all these all these countries and the, these little villages, and and. Uh, I I did research in the uh, uh, in the George Padmore Library in Accra and uh, uh, wrote a book uh, about Akan culture and uh, and uh, so everything just started everything just fell in place. I didn't have any I didn't have any worries. That kind of goes with uh, what Lady Orta says: just step forward in faith and don't worry. But I don't know, in this material world, uh, I, I get a little worried about uh, the material things. It's, I, put, I invest more energy in it. You know, when we were arrested in China, you know, you were as kind and as sweet as can be to the authorities and everyone. And um, that was the closest I've ever seen you worry about things. I think you knew we were going to be okay, but... 17 hours in a communist, you know, police station uh, being put there by the, the, the communist authorities not liking our information uh, was not a, a pleasant experience. <laughs> that's the closest <laughs> I ever saw you to worried. Oh, I can't get my passport back. That's When we were out, I knew everything was okay and nothing would happen. And I was pretty sure that the... Your friend, uh, the Queen of Venus, was not going to let anything happen on a mission like that. But oh yes, I, I think uh, uh, it was, and it was good that they kept us uh, t- together because I, I was uh, got a lot of inspiration from you uh, from you as well. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was pretty. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's a great story. I'll eventually tell it one day, but it's mostly uh, uh, a bunch of negative drama and stuff there. But the people were absolutely wonderful there, and, and we had a great time. So um, in, in your experience in Africa, you just, I mean, it just, you just kind of, uh, I guess you call it an epiphany or, or, or some revelation came over you, and you were just very calm and relaxed and um, you just started connecting more with your divine self? Uh, yes, and uh, as you move into this kind of path of an enlightenment, you'll find that uh, uh, synchronicities will begin to multiply in your, uh, in your life. And uh, before, there were little disparate dots, and, and now you'll be able to... Uh, piece the dots together yeah, and, and, and see the bigger picture. I feel like I'm piecing the dots together on my own, but and there's something about me that just knows certain things, I guess. Uh, I guess we call it that. But um, what do you think is the, the possibility of humanity in general uh, achieving this 
kind of knowledge from birth. That, that's probably quite a ways off for humanity. Although everyone thinks we're ascending next week, last week. I've, I've heard, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I've heard so yeah, many yeah. prognostications on ascension. It's, it's pretty, uh, it's wishful thinking, but I'm very hopeful that someone's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there, there is, uh, uh, there is a mass ascension uh, in the uh, in in the far future where the uh, where the total level of uh, of cosmic evolution merits Earth's um, transition to that higher level and uh, and the uh, and the Bible of course describes it as um, as a um, where the, where the whole planet becomes like. Uh, uh, like a sea of glass, uh, like a like a cosmic uh, uh, urim and thummim, um, but uh, that, that's not uh, that, that's not going to happen next week. <laughs> but on an individual level, it could certainly happen. Um, on an individual level, um, uh, there are. There are various individuals, uh, like Enoch in the Bible, uh, who who attained to it. It, it, it said that Enoch um, uh, uh, walked with God, and then he was no more because he was he was literally taken up. Uh, not only him, but it, but an entire community with uh, uh, with him, the, the city of Enoch and everything. Uh, so this this can happen on an individual and multiple level, but for but for a planetary, a total planetary level, uh, uh, that's a long way off. Yeah, well, um, I did it again. I made an error here with the uh, the breaks. I'm supposed to take a little break at 20 minutes and then another break at uh, 40 minutes, but. Um, uh, that's about all of our time for this first show. Maybe we can get one more in now. Would that be possible? Oh, um, okay. I guess so. That would be all right. <clears throat> okay. All right, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we have a great show here with Raymond Keller. Um, again, be sure to visit Amazon and look for Venus rising, Dr. Raymond Keller, or, uh, in preference, please, uh, uh, send a, a request for some books. I'm hoping uh, you guys will get some of this amazing books. That's it for the Victory of Light radio show, uh, talking about uh, various interesting subjects from our our one of the probably most profound earthly scholars on Venus on Earth at this time. Thank you, Raymond. Oh, you're welcome, Rob. Thank you. Mm-hmm.